Hey everyone, thanks for stopping in to listen to our latest sermon. Sadly though, you aren't going to be able to hear most of it. A couple of weeks ago, our soundboard, along with a bunch of other stuff, was stolen and we've been in the process of buying a new one. In the meantime, we've had to piece things together in order to have audio at our church and to be able to record our sermons. And sadly, this last Sunday, it didn't work out so well. About five minutes into the sermon, Matt started to sound like a robot, and the rest of the sermon was not recorded. I tell you this for a couple of reasons. First, because if you're a faithful listener to our sermons, we would really appreciate you considering making a donation in order to help us pay for that new soundboard. We don't know what the situation will be with our insurance yet, but either way, there's going to be a deductible involved, and we would greatly appreciate you even considering helping us out. If you want to make a donation, whether it be $5, $10, or whatever amount, uh, you can go to creeksidebiblechurch.org give and just make a little note in the memo box uh, about the soundboard or sound equipment, and we'll know that you're making a donation specifically for that purpose. The other reason I tell you this is because I wanted you to know why the sermon is only five minutes and doesn't seem to come to a conclusion. Matt did a great job of preaching last Sunday, and as you hear him speak here, you'll hear him talk about why sin is so bad and why God hates it so much. What you won't hear is his overall idea, his main theme, and that is that bad things, sad things, hard things, painful things help us to remember the good things. Matt's overall point in this sermon is that the difficult, gruesome, bad things that we see in the Bible help us remember the greatness, the love, the mercy, and the grace of God in ways that we otherwise wouldn't. He concludes the sermon by talking about the cross, how Jesus went to it, how brutal it was, how the Bible records painful and excruciating details about what Jesus went through, and how that is meant to remind us of how incredibly loving and gracious God is. We really wish you would have been able to hear all of this sermon. Matt tells some incredible stories. But we do hope that as you hear this first five minutes, it would help you to learn and live more fully for Jesus. You know, when I was reflecting on uh, kind of Chad's Chad and I, uh, we have different styles. And I thought, wow, we really complement each other because Chad looked at, you know, our anger in the Bible and he said, man, how could I make this as controversial as possible? And then, you know, he plays the ominous music before mine and I'm looking at God's wrath saying, how can I make this as not controversial as possible? Uh, so really we complement uh, one another. And uh, what I talked about last week uh, was when it comes to uh, God's wrath. Uh, one, it's, a, it's pretty hard for us to understand God's anger uh, through the lens of our own anger, because we don't do it right. And, and Chad talked a lot about how we just don't do anger right. Uh, but also, I talked about how anger doesn't exist 
or God's anger, it doesn't exist as the opposite of his love, but it it exists as the expression of it. Um, And I used um, some stories to illustrate that, but God's wrath burns against wickedness and godlessness and cruelty. He sees how sin mars his creation, and he burns with wrath against that. Because he hates the idea that there's something out there that would separate us from him. So it really comes down to the fact that God hates sin. And so I, I went through and I, and I said, I, I, I want to really look at this idea of God hating sin. What's that look like? So I have, I have some stuff that I found. You know, what does it look like when it comes to God hating sin? And this is really what the Bible says. It says that God hates sin because... Uh, it's the very antithesis of its nature. It's the opposite of its nature. The psalmist describes God's hatred of sin this way. He says, For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness. No evil dwells in you. God hates sin because he is holy, and holiness is the most exalted of all of God's attributes. It says that in Isaiah. It certainly says it in Revelation. Uh, His holiness saturates his entire being. His holiness epitomizes moral perfection, freedom from blemish. It says that in Psalms and Romans. And the Bible presents God's attitude towards sin with strong feelings of hostility, his wrath, his anger. Uh, It says uh, disgust, utter dislike. It calls... uh, Sin, uh, like putrefying sores, which is disgusting, Uh, a heavy burden, a defiling filth, a binding debt, darkness, a scarlet stain. God hates sin for the simple reason that sin separates us from Him. It says in Isaiah, but your iniquities have separated you From your God, your sins have hidden his face from you so that you will not hear him. It was sin that caused Adam and Eve to run away from God and, as it says, hide among the trees of the garden. Sin always brings separation. And the fact that God hates sin means that he hates being separated from us. His love demands restoration, which in turn demands our holiness. God also hates sin because of its subtle deceitfulness, which entices us to focus on worldly things. Another reason God hates sin is that it blinds us to the truth. Jesus likened false teachers to blind leaders of the blind in Matthew. John said that the one who hates his brother does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. Sin has consequences, which the sinner often disregards. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. It says that in Galatians. God hates sin for the same reason that light hates darkness and truth hates a lie. Just doesn't work. They just don't go together. God wants his children to have the full riches of complete understanding in Colossians, and sin only gets in the way. 
It says that God hates sin because it enslaves us and it will eventually destroy us, just as Samson's sin led to physical blindness and captivity in Judges. So our sin will lead to spiritual blindness and bondage. It says, don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, whether you are slaves to sin 